Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Hi everybody and thank you for continuing your journey with the podcast Industry Tactics. If you're new to the podcast, my name is Friendly Rich from Canada, Brampton, Ontario to be specific. And um I am delighted to to be having these conversations with weirdo artists around the world. Today, none other than Frank Paul from his uh from his home in Michigan and um you know, our borders may be closed, but it didn't prevent two kooks from uh from connecting. So we we go all over the map with this conversation. It's so inspiring. I really admire Frank's work as a as a sound artist, tinkerer, recording artist, you name it, uh, educator. Um, so so buckle up. This is my talk with Frank Paul. We are, we are, I am delighted to have on the podcast today, none other than Frank Paul. Did I get the pronunciation right? Yes. It's German right. um, and Paul mm-hmm. is fine, just like P-A-U-L, okay. even though it's P-A-H-L. Okay, cool. Very good. You've said that before to people, I, I assume. P-A-U-L. Yeah, and that. the long version is probably at Ellis Island, my ancestors... Yeah. Um, had had an O. It was probably oh, P O H L okay. with an umlau. Right. But they didn't like umlaus at Ellis Island. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm wow. guessing. I think that's what happened. And and here we are. Here we are. So where do we find you today? Where where are you? Are you in Wyandot? Michigan? I was going to be in it in Wyandot so that my background would have would be as interesting as yours. Um, okay. But. This is a better controlled setting. I'm I'm in Ann Arbor right now. We're in Ann Arbor, home of um, many things. But I, I would assume the is is the University of Michigan, University and, of Michigan. Yeah, uh, my alma mater of sorts. Mm-hmm. Nice, and right, uh, well, and of course, um, you know, for football fans. Yeah, I'm so bad. I don't even know. Are they the Wolverines, Tara? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Nice one. My nice partner's one. in the other room, so I had to ask. Him. I love it. Okay. Okay. Well, if you have to call in uh, for for backup, you know, you, you know what you know what to do. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, man, I, I you you've been on my list for for years, and and we have we have gone back and forth in the old world. Um, communicated a few times, and I think you were kind enough to say that, hey, if you're ever in Michigan, which I am. Well, I was when when our borders were open. I've got um, my brother-in-law 
and his family are in uh, Gross Point. And so I, I, I have a love of, of Michigan that runs deep and a fascination with that, with that, I was going to say province with that state um, and, and your work. So, so uh, it's my loss to, to not have come visited you in person, but I am super thankful that we get to do this and connect today. And the borders are, are they open now? No, no, they remain okay. closed. You, and you, you, yeah, we're, we're probably ahead of vaccinating, but behind in sensible yeah. <laughs> reactions to vaccinating. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. That's, yeah. Well, well done. Well done. Yeah. Um, uh, we're at forty yeah. percent, I think, in, in Michigan. Okay. 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 Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, I'm. I'm hearing. We're getting the updates from from my brother-in-law. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of hope on the other end, and. Um, so where where to begin with your just truly inspiring um, career in 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 tinkering in I, I and it was funny going back and forth with you to set this up. You're like, which hat do you want me to wear? Because you wear many hats as an artist, and I I respect that. So I kind of want you to wear them all today in our talk. Good. Um, you know, are and um, and m- maybe just begin by by walking our our listeners through how you fell in love with tinkering with sound and 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 composition in general ah uh, okay well this isn't really that far back uh because i'm an old man so it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like uh 30 years ago is that long ago mm-hmm. but uh mm-hmm. um in the early 90s i was doing musical music for theater in 1996, I went to grad school. At, there was a big pause between my undergrad years and my grad school years. Um, and so that would have meant in probably 1995, I, I went to Europe and I was part of a solo fest where yeah. they, they invited people from all over, uh, like Fred Frith was there, Zena Parkins were there, was Amazing. there. And I met Pierre Bastien. Um, and he's a world-class tinkerer. Right. And um, in 1991, I had met uh, Trimpin. Right. Uh, right. Another world-class tinkerer. And, Heroic. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I was... In 91, I was a little bit anti-computer. So, um, Trimpin impressed the hell out of me, but also intimidated me. Yeah. And uh, so, it took seeing what um, uh, Pierre Bastien does before I thought that I could be a tinker. And he uses um, small servo motors and... um, I think he, yeah, everything is AC, I believe. Uh-huh. And he uses um, Meccano parts. So okay. Meccano parts are the European equivalent of erector sets. Uh-huh. And so that kind of gave me permission to embrace Tinker Toys and erector sets. Um, it's, it, it, you kind of touch on some of that in the... Um in the documentary on that that our listeners can can check out on Vimeo it's by Terry Saris it's called Buzzards Steal Your Picnic yes buzzards steal your picnic and 
This idea, you know, I found that really inspiring. I'm not that familiar with Bastien's work, but I, I adore Trimpin's. Yeah. But I, you know what? I found it to be such a breath of fresh air when you said you were intimidated by that brain, right? Like, it's just like... I met him at the St. John's Sound Symposium. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, wonderful, uh, wonderful festival in... Yeah. Um, Newfoundland. Uh, St. John's yeah. Newfoundland. Yeah. That I uh, attended um, and performed at twice. Amazing. And um, then I think we probably hit it off more because I was going to all of his events. Okay. And he made his own schnapps. So he liked to pontificate about various liquors. Um, wow. Wow. And then I was fortunate enough after uh, leaving, after leaving the out, MFA program, mm -hmm. uh, one of my, the former chair of the graduate studies at U of M um, for the School of Art, I was in conversation with him and he mm -hmm. had mentioned that Trimpin was coming through and I went, oh, well, that's great. I, I should see him. And he mm -hmm. said, no, Frank, you shouldn't see him. You should work with him. Oh, wow. Because I don't, I'm, I don't put myself out there that much, really. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, applying for jobs, I don't know yeah. why that feels foreign to me, but yeah, yeah, uh, cool. it does. Good. Good. So, yeah. you know, after not having seen uh, Trimpin in uh, 10 years, mm -hmm. I contacted him, and uh, um, it, it didn't take much convincing for me to become a visiting artist while he was visiting artists. So I was basically his, um, I wore a lot of hats, but I was, I helped him get around the city. I showed him where to scavenge because amazing. Um, amazing. You can tell he's a scavenger. He's a huge. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You can. yeah. And yeah. he loved the places that I took him to because mm -hmm. you got to know where the, not just where the true junk is, but where mm -hmm. the, possible motors that you can refurbish are you're, and, you're my people you're and beautiful. u of m is yeah. a big research facility so mm -hmm. i knew what days you could go to the it's called property disposition yeah yeah and yeah. we went there and he bought a lot of crap so that he could build stuff here Oh, cool. So you guys collaborated on a project or was it? I, I would say I was his um, aide. Okay. <laughs> his helper. Okay. But what um, was that like, to, though, just to be on those hunts with him and see a work get kind of constructed? With that him, was, like, was, it was so inspiring. Um, and we, oh, I, wow. we did things that I would never do. Like I would never think to contact the chemistry department to get radioactive powder that could be mixed with water so that when it's dripped, it would glow in the dark. That's so inspiring. So it's really weird to walk across campus. And, and of course, I knew since that's where I went to get for my MFA program. Yeah. I yeah, knew yeah. my way around campus pretty well. Don't, don't you find that, that a but, university... But I, I walked around with radioactive powder. <laughs> you know, that you just know. felt really weird. Here well, you go, it's, not far, it's not far from Texas walking around with bags full of gasoline these days, right? Yeah. Just, here's a little <laughs> little sack of radioactive powder. I, I'm, I'm guessing I was safer. That was it was safer what I did. Yeah, probably. I was going to say yeah. That, no, I was going to say um, the the universities are siloed out. Like you, you it takes a uh, it takes a trimpin on campus 
to sometimes make those connections between chemistry and music. Do you find that? Like, do you find yeah. that the interdisciplinary? I don't know. I would just like to see more of that kind of approach. You know, I think if you're a tenured professor, yeah, you can just ask and get whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, since he was a visiting artist, it was easier for me to ask cool. and get cool. whatever I want. I remember cool. when I was in the grad program, mm-hmm. I wanted to do a piece of music because um, University of Michigan actually has two bell towers. Who? Mm-hmm. What university needs two bell towers? Sick. And they actually taught the carillon. And oh, wow. um, great. I wanted, it's like, can I have my hands on the, I'm in the, the MFA program. Come on, let me at the uh, carillon. Yeah. They wouldn't do it. And uh, I, I think I was probably just talking to the wrong people. But right. someone like Trimpin, they probably would have given him the yeah. carillon yeah. for the, the, keys to you the know, for a the month. keys to the tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably lived there. Uh, artist in residence. You live in the Carillon Tower. Exactly. Right? Like, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> but that, but that's that, actually the dream. That's a kid's book waiting to happen, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh my God. Is, uh, wouldn't you love to like swing back and forth on the bells like Quasimodo? It's the best. <laughs> I mean, there's only there's only um I think I think I heard I had this I have had a Carillon fasc- fascination. I think there's only like 10 actual working carillons in canada and they have such a deep history and like the 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 people who the musicians who i I don't caroloners yeah who are up there are like they look like me right now they've just like they've never seen daylight they've they're just like in the tower never communicate it's actually kind of like what all the live streaming culture has been in covid it's like you're performing for nobody but it's resonating to everybody in the vicinity that can hear these bells. It's fascinating, eh? And and the technique to think that yeah. fists that the bottom, the fleshy part of the fist, <laughs> it's very python. Is, um, isn't it? yeah, is, yeah. That's your connection with the instrument. That's your interface. In the a, bottom like, of your fist. It, it doesn't get more heavy metal than Carillon. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and uh, yeah, please. To this day, I've never. Um, I still haven't played a Carillon. I don't know why that, oh, man. that should be a surprise, but it just seems like, because it's I'm familiar hoot. with you, what you do also, it seems like we should have access to Carillons. <laughs> oh, we, we absolutely should. I yeah. mean, I was trying to write a piece. I had this vision for like all 10 Carillons in Canada at the same time to just, oh, anyway, yeah. it, it, it uh, you know. And There's the one that, uh, it was yeah. probably a bad idea anyhow, but I was, I was in an art program and I, my uh, my undergrad degree was not yeah. in art, so I didn't okay. know what what you can propose. But I was a little bit obsessed with the history of Charles Whitman. He's okay. the I don't know him. Uh, he was a mass murderer that shot oh. a bunch of people from the oh shit uh, Carillon Tower in oh Texas. shit. In and, Texas, Jesus. And so I thought it was a fascinating place, and I don't know exactly how I was tying that in with his history, which, you know, uh, for what it's worth, and this is, of course, very sad, but um, he had the profile of a lot of um, mass murderers. Yeah. But after he died, uh, there was a tumor. He had a tumor in his brain. Oh. So oh, okay. he was, okay. he clearly, yeah. Um, yeah. Was crazy. Is he a Caroloner though? Because as we've just been discussing, oh uh, no, but that's that's that? where of all the places to do a shooting from, 
um, yeah, uh, from the top of a Caroline Tower. That's um, fucked. Believe me, I didn't want to do that's. I wanted to play music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, that right, was not right, my right. intent, but um, that was my <laughs> weird in. For some reason, I w- was reading about Charles Whitman. There was a um, biography out at the time. I think. Oh, sick. Yeah. Hey, what what was your undergrad in? Uh, English. English. Okay. Because I, you know, in in that documentary about your work, there's I pretended this... like it was film as a minor, but there was no such thing as a film minor. Okay. Okay. Um, that's interesting to me because, like, you're you're. Yeah, I mean, your early years really seem um, experimental, like you seem like with only a mother and um, and I don't know, just, you, you know, what what I picked up on was it was interesting, your, your relationship with your family, your parents in terms of how they um, see or saw your work. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if they're still with us, but it, I, I just it, it was very, very endearing. I just I don't know. There was something there just in terms of the way you sit in your family. Oh, you clearly as, watched buzzards closely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As the weirdo in the in the family, I I kind of I kind of relate to that, you know, and that yeah. really resonated with me. Is like, a, I also think I'm like, wow, a kook from Michigan who don't give a damn really about cars. Like, great way to fit in, Frank. Great and way to fit yet, in. Yet, my undergrad degree in English at uh-huh. least allowed me to get a job at uh, various agencies. So oh, yeah. I um I copy edited for um the big three. Oh indirectly oh, cool, through different cool. agencies. Um cool. and that's how I bought my house and wind out where my studio is. So amazing. So amazing. I did, I've been able to use my um, you know, yeah, my schooling. Yeah, I like the sound of that. You know. What was Detroit like back then, like when you were coming up? Like it just seemed like, you know, I've always been fascinated with Detroit as like a it is a, I mean, that that's a podcast unto itself, but mm-hmm. like how, how you engage with, it would have been like at the top of its game around, I'm assuming around, you know, the time that you're coming up. Right. And I think that there was more of a DIY. Well, this came up in the, um, in yeah. the uh, buzzards video, but um, yeah. there was more of a DIY approach. And um, I think people, there was less granting going on, but that didn't stop people. And I think it's never really stopped artists from making yeah. uh, work. Yeah. But if you look at um, several of, of the artists that were making work in Detroit at that time, uh, they were using raw materials. Um, yeah. And so that was incredibly inspiring. However, I lived on campus briefly. Mm-hmm. Only time I was mugged. <laughs> you know, oh, and oh, you just sure. knew that you don't walk yeah. through certain neighborhoods sure. after a certain time. I'm sure, sure that's still true, but I feel safer now in Detroit than I did then. Okay. Okay. Um, it's such a charming city, though. The sound of it, the, you know, you're, you're yeah. touching on that, right? Like just the, like you're no mistake as an artist, right? Like when Trimpin comes to town, you know where to find the good junk because Detroit's a fucking gold mine for, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it, it's it really such a is. special, such a special city. Like, but it seems like uh, most major cities. Like I uh, spent a little bit of time in uh, San Francisco. Uh-huh. My God, they—I can't remember the name of the place, but they had like um, I should know the Urban Ore. Is that the name okay, of it? Okay. Maybe okay. in San Francisco. I don't, I don't know it. Yeah, but okay. it was like a warehouse size of of uh, secondhand, you know, Got Silicon it. Valley rejects. Yeah. Oh wow. And. You could tell that artists shop there. Yeah, yeah. 
And in fact, yeah. one of my most exciting things to find, and I don't know if you've experienced this, is mm-hmm. um, secondhand shops or, you know, even junk shops. Mm-hmm. Um, I like buying secondhand projects that had artists started and then they didn't oh, finish. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So interesting. I, no. I, um, cool. I don't know if, uh, if I showed it in the uh, Buzzards video, but I have a cello with a guitar neck. Oh, yeah. Cool. And um, I found that in a secondhand shop and um, it wasn't done. It was, okay. but it was such a good idea <laughs> that I bought yeah. this thing that was still kind of broken. Yeah. And it took, it took a while because I'm not that kind of, I'm not a luthier by any, by any means. Okay. okay. But um, uh, made it work after yeah. a friend of mine tripped over it. You know, because I would play with play it even though it was just barely playable. Mm-hmm. And then once the neck was broken again, it's like, well, good. Now it has to be removed and put on properly, which it never had been. I really appreciate your aesthetic, Frank. I think like, you know, A, you're inspired you inspire me just and I I watched that doc as a as a prep for 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 talking with you in the sense that you outright say it's like I'm not an engineer. I'm a you know, I'm a kook coming at it from my own angle and you've got a creative brain and you like to manipulate things. You definitely have a, you you have no fear when it comes to breaking things. I noticed in that, in that, in that doc, you know, so. Well, I do have that, that fear, that's, but I anyone, not to radiate it. <laughs> right, right. No, no. It just, it, it teaches us that watching that and learning from you that anyone can do this stuff, right? You just yeah. got to get into it. Like, what would your advice be for, um, people interested in getting into sound art and I don't know, um, a creative career in music. Cause you've done it your own way. That's for sure. Um, God, this is terrible advice, but <laughs> go for it. Go for it. Find us, find another source of income. Yeah. Nice. You know, I, I, I buy that. Yeah. So what I did was I, when I, after copy editing for years, yep. you know, for agencies, like I had mentioned, Um, I had enough money so that I bought a house and I rented out two thirds of it. Amazing. Yeah. So now I rent out one third of it, but the first level is a recording studio, which I Uh was, I'm incredibly lucky in that. Um, when I was an undergrad, so I would have been about 20 when Mm. I was in a band called hype and, uh, the leader worked in the factories and mm-hmm. he we we uh fixed up the house that I ended up buying that first level became a recording studio so in awesome. the early 80s we had it doesn't sound like it should be that desirable but half inch reel to reel 8 track um and that which we mixed down to um quarter inch um masters mm-hmm. and uh I just feel incredibly fortunate to have been able to actually have a recording studio in the late seventies and eighties. That, that survives to this day that you still tinker in. Like yeah. It's the exact kind of... same um, place that, that I love that. I did not live in that house, but my friend did who ended up dying. Okay. Um, and oh, you sorry, heard about him in the, Oh, yeah, I, I touched yes. him a little bit. Yeah, I did. I did. I did now. see that. Yeah. Um, so, so, we take it for granted, I think, you know, um, with all of the programs now, you know, that it's so easy to record. 
It is, but yet you carried it through, and I, I'm sure I, I, it would be nice to kind of yeah take take a walk through through that yeah. studio and see how it's kind of um, evolved I, over the years. You know, I can think of one other piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, I think, gets you know since you and I break rules a little bit, right? When we're tinkering, mm-hmm. um, find someone that gives you permission to break those rules. And, and that person that gives you permission ends up, and when I say gives you permission, it's just, you see that they do it and that they are successful at it. And most yeah. people in the art world, um, I would think that John Cage would be that person. Right. But for me, it was, um, Odd that it was of all people Eugene Chadbourne. Oh, great. who great! His um, electric rakes and electric stuff. windshield wipers stuff. and yeah. uh, the yeah. things that he's yeah. he started yeah. putting putting pickups on. Yeah, that gave me a huge amount of permission because I like that. I like aesthetically that. to look at. Mm-hmm. They really mm-hmm. look like <laughs> they look incredibly raw. Right, right. but I kind of feel like. By starting with the fact that it was someone like Eugene that, yeah, on some level gave me that permission. I like that. Um, that noise entered the picture because it's a big part of what he does without, yeah, even though he's a virtuoso on banjo and guitar, yeah. So, so you're you're the idea of not not being alone there, right? Is like, hey, there, there are other, right? There, there's a lineage, there's a lineage, there's a lineage. To you. Yeah, yeah, and and you should choose your lineage well. Mm-hmm. That sounds stupid, but um, I I think you know what I mean. Or do you do you even choose your lineage? I mean, in a lot of ways, it feels like holy shit, I'm this weirdo. You know, if I I'm not making this about me, but like Ronaldo and the Loaf changed my life. You know, like when I heard their music, I was like, holy shit, it was at just at the right time in my life. And then you start piecing it together. You go, oh, there's there's Murray Schaefer doing this weird yeah. thing over here, and you know, uh, on and on and on and on. It's like you're not alone in the, in this and, experimental. Uh, when did you uh, get hit to? I'm sorry. So you did a broadcast it, with them. I did episodes. Um, if you want to listen back, yeah. it's episodes 24 and 28. We did a part one and two, and we really unpack a lot of that. And um, I'm writing that down. So beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I'll share it with you after, Frank. Yeah. I mean, no need. But it's so beautiful to um, to be able to talk to. And those guys are more than giving in terms of um, like we're still in touch, as I, as I told you. Like now, and we now we just get together and and talk, and we don't we don't record it. Um, and I am so I, I, remiss, you know, and yeah, I should really contact Brian. Oh, he says hello. He, oh, I told him I told him we were talking, and he says hello, and he gave me the story on. You know what? Um, let's let's cut to. Can you set up? Um, um, value of slacks. This is your recording with Ronaldo. Okay. Um, I, like I said, my undergrad degree was in English. So I was uh-huh. interested in storytelling. And for me, it was a big revelation discovering, because I think most people discovered the residents before right. Ronaldo and the Loaf. Yeah. And so um, I, I'm aware now that some of the tunes I wrote lyrically are residence tunes. Not really. They're not residence tunes, but they have that um, 
poignant and squeamish quality at the same time, (laughs) which is really hard to get. And Ronaldo and the Loaf do that in some of their songs. And um, Value of Slacks, that I'm so glad that um, Brian covered that song. But um, I clearly wrote it for, it had to be, if it wasn't Ronaldo and the Loaf, it could have been for the residents, you know. And, um, and you spent you spent a week a weekend in in Portsmouth, he says, and yes. and, and made it with them at that time. Or? He's very meticulous, yeah, in uh-huh. his um, yeah in his recording. So fortunately, when I showed up, the mm-hmm. tracks were there, but I think that he had whatever instrument, whatever early sampler the residents yeah. had. Yeah, and so if you have too many options, it's really hard to make an, a choice. So mm-hmm. he was constantly changing the voices and going. Do you like this? And it's like, well, I like all of them, but <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> but uh, the beauty of it was, uh, he liked the lyrics, he wrote the music, uh-huh. and I think I played banjo, and mm-hmm. I don't know what else. I I didn't whistle on that track, so I think that's a that's a good setup for the value of slacks. Here it comes, maybe.
That was value of slacks. Thank you. So that was you, Frank Paul, collaborating. And that, that's on your Cahoots volume one. one. Yeah. Record. And when, so when when was that recording made? That was 90s? No. Uh, it was probably 1995 or six or something like okay. that. Dren okay. McDonald was yes. uh, ran the, the label Vaccination Records. Uh, and great, he, great, great soul. Yes. He worked for the residents. Uh-huh. So um there was that connection there. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Amazing. Well, no, we were talking about Ronaldo changing, you know, my life and get kind of getting into the into that aspect of experimentalism. I love so so I don't know, to connect that with you is um is important to me is like how how um I don't know how how did you connect with all of those those folks and um yeah how did you how did you intersect with them at that time I can't remember because my two um at that point my connections at Ralph Records were Tom Timoney and okay. Dren McDonald okay and Dren worked directly for the residents as did yeah. Tom but Tom ran the Tectones division Oh, okay. So, okay. Dren, um, I'm familiar with Tom. I'm not, but yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. Um, and one of them got my version of Mahogany Wood oh. to um, Ronaldo and the Loaf. And wow. whoever it was got back to me and said, Oh, Brian loves your version of Mahogany Wood, which there's very little material that I play from that era. Uh-huh. But um, whenever I go to Japan, I, I play uh-huh. Mahogany Wood because oh, it's great, two great. chords and it's a right. wonderful melody and yeah. you can teach yeah. it to people really quickly. Yeah. And uh, awesome. awesome, it's probably wrong, but I do my best, my, my best Homer Flynn. Oh, okay. doesn't sound like Homer okay. Flynn at all, but you know, <laughs> um, I, whatever I do, I'm, I'm, it's not my normal singing voice. And and that's yeah. it. That's the one song that I use that voice, whatever it is. Well, what it I is did, is I, it's Louisiana. You know, it's okay. That, yeah, exactly. It is. Yeah. yeah. And now you, through the connection of of knowing Delaney Martin and uh, and Taylor Shepard in New Orleans, I saw that you did something. Uh, you did an installation there a few years back yeah. with the Music Box Village. Um. Did you did you cross paths with the residents, or was that have had you crossed paths with them before then, or was that um, a first for you? I saw, geez, the history of music cubed in three easy pieces that tour. Yes, um, and the um, I don't know if that was the same tour as uh, the King and I. So what it was around that same time. Yeah. 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 Um, But um, whenever they would come to town, I would go to see them and uh, Dren and his wife, Lori Mm -hmm. ran concessions. Oh, Um, so they would travel with them. And so I would talk to them without the nudge, nudge, wink, wink. They're the residents, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So they never, they acted like they were not the residents, but, nice. um, nice. and so that was the first time I met them. And then, um, 
Delaney and Taylor were planning on doing something in Shreveport. They found out the history of the residents. And uh, of course, um, one of them was involved. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just on their email list because Mm -hmm. I had performed at the Music Box. Yeah. I don't know what year. But um, and Taylor knew me through uh, a mutual friend. Uh, Joel yeah. Peterson. And um, so he just sent out, hey, who wants to work for these things? And so, and why? Just write a cool. short little reason why cool. you should be the person. And so I applied. There, I said I don't apply for things, okay. but it was kind of like a call for submission. That, so. that seemed like a must. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, I yeah. applied. Yeah. And uh, so the funny thing was when they called me back, they said, well, Okay, would you mind building materials for one of the houses? Mm-hmm. Um, I said, oh, sure. Would you yeah. mind conducting? Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Of course I'll do that. Um, and would you mind um, putting together the ensemble? So these are 12 oh, wow. separate wow. houses where you, they wanted me to put together 15 musicians or so. Sounds very ambitious. I yeah. said, yes. Of course you do. And would you mind you composing do. music for it? Don't stop. Yes. I said yes, yes to everything. <laughs> and then I got Good there and you. I realized, oh my God, my my poor back. <laughs> what, what, what have I said yes to? 12 houses, uh, you know, yeah. 15 musicians uh, conducting. You name they it. had, awesome. you know, Taylor's got some wicked skills. Oh, he's, he's a hero. Yeah, he's yeah. Hero. He's got some wicked skills. And he's got the curiosity of just like... Uh, scavenger tinkerer that that those of us without wicked skills go okay taylor understands me so um so taylor had other people that could build yeah yeah a whole family out there but he you know he said when i interview him and i haven't had him on this podcast yet but i did for my my um my phd work and he he cites you as like oh wow oh two things he cites Brian Poole, the, the the minute I landed in New Orleans and started talking with him, he's like, Brian Poole is my favorite clarinetist, to which point I said, okay, this is family. Immediately, I felt like, <laughs> all right, this is awesome, right? No one said, nobody says that except yeah. for me. And then, he, and then he cites you as like a major influence on his tinquery, to, to quote Steve Mann, you know, the, his, his, uh, his way of doing what, this work. And I there. knew him when he was in Detroit. Yeah, and I'm. I feel like we lost an opportunity, but I'm so glad that we met up later because. Oh, um, oh that's nice. Because that's we had nice. a few conversations in Detroit, and then cool. um, to later work with him. Oh, and wow. um, for what it's worth, uh, the resident that was involved it was mm-hmm. long distance, so we had interesting conversations oh. because okay. I was also the liaison with the resident because he came up with the concept of, uh, of the evening and he provided several samples, which is really fascinating. Taking a resident voice. Oh, that sample. And then because of the unique approach to singing and tonality, and I don't mind saying that. Yeah. Defining this fits closest to this key. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's like saying, you know, but, Bob Dylan sings in a key too, but sometimes you can't tell. (laughs) Exactly. So um, it was interesting, like getting all these wonderful samples and going, wow, "Wow, what a beautiful voice. 
where does that fit in a scale? Yeah. And 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 yeah. um, it was you know it was a pleasure finding where where you could make it fit because What's your- he didn't drop any other music besides that. He just gave us samples of samples. his voice. Oh, neat, neat, yeah. neat. Yeah, and it had an Elvis has left the building because um, vibe to it because that's where Elvis literally left the building, right? I think that that was that was said to me at one point. Yeah, it was uh, across the street from where we were building the um, the houses. So incredible, the, incredible. The Clampian rich... Canyon, and I don't remember the name of the Shreveport Hall, but okay. while we were there, you know, like it's a big enough hall where Jack yeah. White was playing there while we were okay. there. Got it. Um, and that's where there's like famous. Uh, history of like the Haymarket rides. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. it was a Nashville type thing. Oh, I think okay. they called them like these weird Haymarket tours so that um, Johnny Cash would come through. Wow. Elvis would come through. Wow. Um, can you talk about your music education? Cause you were talking about taking that resident's voice and placing it over some kind of key or tonality or uh, what's your, that di- that didn't come across to me. It came across that you wanted a piano and that your mom bought you a synthesizer to change your life in the in uh, in the dock. But what what was your musical upbringing like? Your music education, formal or informal? Well, um, actually, high school marching band was huge. Fucking um, a, great. You're lucky. That's and amazing. I played euphonium. You played that came out, yeah. And in fact, it was assigned cool. because um, because. I didn't start, you know, you're supposed to start in grade school, and I started mm-hmm. in ninth grade. Okay. And I I said, I want to play uh, drums. Yeah. Oh, fine. And, but you're not going to. Uh, saxophone? Oh, that's great. Uh, but you're not going to. I just kept on going through until he said, well, well what am I going to play? He said, <laughs> you're going to play euphonium. <laughs> yeah. And I, as you know, I still, I love the euphonium. It's a wonderful instrument, but yeah, no, fuck. Yeah. Any regrets? Um, pardon? Any regrets from from that? Like, I mean, every one of us has that path in life where it's like, yeah, I know you want saxophone, but here's a euphonium. Yeah, do something with it, and you either do or you don't. I find that's a thread through all of these interviews in a lot of them. Yeah, right? well, since it's not a traditional yeah. instrument, right? It probably made it easier for me to follow a non-traditional path. Oh, that's cool. I, I'm guessing. So That's I cool. no, I don't regret that. I actually got a saxophone, and uh, I, I did. So like I was first chair. Who, who cares? <laughs> but um, but the uh, band conductor liked me enough where he said, "Why don't you be in both bands?" Because oh, there neat. were two bands. There was like the main band, and then there was one. It was mostly, um, and so I, there was mostly lesser players. I don't know how to put it, but um, okay, yeah. So basically. I would have learned how to play saxophone and um, I graduated half a year early. That's the only reason why I never followed the saxophone because um, I thought after I discovered just by adding up the credits that I could graduate early, I thought, why would I stick around (laughs) to play saxophone? (laughs) No, for fair. And and I wasn't. uh, uh, Yeah. You did mention that in the, in the doc. Yeah. We were, um, even though I hadn't found my my weirdo group, yeah. there there was a weirdo group that I was beginning to embrace, and we were not the people that really had to be there for graduation. Okay. So if you can get out early, you know we got the hell out. You should, yeah, yeah, yeah. makes sense. Um, yeah, you, you, so you have a vocabulary. You you 
You can um, read music, all that bullshit. I yeah, I took um, music for uh, sorry, piano for non-music majors as an undergrad. Oh wow! I took euphonium okay. lessons 15, 20 years later mm-hmm. in grad school. Um, oh wow! And that's, that's an interesting move. I yeah. was writing music, but I didn't really know what I was doing, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> there was a sale at Borders Books, and I bought this thick-ass book on orchestration. Uh-huh. So that's my that's my formal music education. I took Ooh. music theory, and I dropped out. Fucking a. Yeah, I like this. So so it all works, this. and I I yeah. kind of wish I could sight read and and the sure, like. sure. Yeah, I mean, I wish you I could know? put piano music in front of me. Instead, I still do what I did thirty, forty years ago. In that I look at the left hand, if it's if it's you know fair to Midland, if, if it's difficult, forget it. I can't even do it. And then I try to learn the right hand, but I haven't tried reading piano music in ages. I can read euphonium music fairly okay. well, but I mean, it, ha- it just, in my opinion, in, in observing your 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 rich career, it hasn't stopped you. You've you've got what you m- much like maybe you don't have the same uh, approach as Trimpin. You're still putting the stuff out there. You're still doing yeah. the thing that you want to do that you love. And this is part of the musical education. Um, in the '90s, I started doing music for theater, film, and dance. Yeah. So there you go. That real taught life, me real life. discipline yeah. because I don't I don't hate it, but there's a lot of people that are out there that approach silent films as this is an opportunity to improvise. And I don't do it that way. And I don't do that for theater either. Oh, interesting. I, I, um, at least learn discipline and I've been fortunate enough to work with a few people that most people I know don't like to practice enough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, what what what's with that, eh? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I, I don't have that much technique, so I like to mm-hmm, I like mm-hmm. to know something. Um, I like to know the music really, really well, so that I feel comfortable enough playing. Especially if you're if I'm accompanying a film or live theater, um, man, it's all about hitting those cues, right? Yeah. Right. So um, if you don't have the music, the way I like to approach it. At least, yeah. you know, where there's yeah. themes for different characters and and for different um, emotions that I want to hit them right on the dime. Has that always, has, has it ever been a barrier to you, your knowledge, your, your vocabulary in music? Has that ever posed any kind of a barrier towards communicating with different genres, whether it, or disciplines, whether it be dance or, or, or film or theater? Um, I don't write well enough so that when I'm dealing with orchestral groups, mm-hmm. um, like I had an ensemble, I probably shouldn't mention the wonderful ensemble, but um, mm-hmm. I was supposed to do an evening's worth of music and, uh, and I didn't feel comfortable because they were orchestra players and they were going to give me one rehearsal for a 50 minute mm-hmm. program. Okay. And yeah, I just think, you know, I told them that I'm sorry. I'm so glad everybody was on, you you know, that you were ready to do it. You're ready to commit. I'm flattered. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you might feel comfortable with that, but I wouldn't. Right. Right. Because I I know 
I know I'm going to make mistakes in the score someplace, you know? I like that. Yeah. I like that. I, I like the fact that you're um, so I found my com- comfortable I, enough. I found to, my to own group no. of weirdos. Yeah. I that may that. not have been. I see that. May not have been symphonic players, but two of them, two of them were. Um, yeah. Is that the, um, sorry for, for my life. So that, is that the group the, is uh, the lovely and the wretched that ended up um, playing that gig. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I was going to say, but you've got the scavenger quartet. Is that more like it? Like you found other ways to, to get that expression out, whether it be the tiny, tiny bang theory. That's your yeah, toy. Little bang theory. Yeah. L- sorry. Little bang theory. My yeah. bad. Um, Th- that feels to me like different forms. Uh, well, obviously different hats, but di- different forms of getting it out. Eh? Um, well, um, and that was another, it was uh, a dancer. Peter Sparling hired me to write jazz music. Oh yeah. And, hmm. you know, I just owned up to him. And I said, I don't really write jazz music, but um, uh-huh. you know, he, and he wanted a waltz, which isn't a common jazz form. But um, there's some great waltzes in jazz. Um, so that's when the scavenger quartet was formed. Oh, oh wow. So I just asked, um, really, one of the members plays jazz well. And the other two, I knew improvised enough. And I see. I and, see. Um, and I still don't know if what we're playing is jazz. Fuck. <laughs> let's, let's listen and let our yeah. listeners decide. Okay, so this is... What are we going to queue up? Uh, Kichi Joji. Uh, is this from the from the uh, scavenger? Yeah, Kichi Joji. Good. Yeah, which is a uh, subway stop in Tokyo. Thank you for that. That is very fun to say. So that's why, hence the title. Thank you. <laughs>
just a, a great atmosphere in that. That was Kichi Joji, and it is it is fun to say. Um, wonderful. So so that material is charted, not charted. Um, how do you, how do you bring a, a tune like that to life? Uh, not charted. Okay. Um, pretty strict. Um, you know, as far as writing chord charts, they yeah. would be very easy to write the chord charts. Okay. Them. Okay. Beautiful middle section there with that synth, eh? Arpeggiating. I'm fucking amazing. Yeah, you know what that is? That's just a chromatic... Uh, I think it... I don't know if it's an organ. I think it might be a Farfisa. Oh, neat. neat. Uh, or yeah, yeah. A, a melodica. But it's a chromatic run and then, you know, uh, fed into a looper and then oh. pitching it up an octave. Because... That's nice. if you want that circus sound, chromatic runs fast. Um, nothing, nothing kills quicker than you know, <laughs> if you want circus that cir- that's that carousel, that circus sound. Like, um, is that important in your uh, in your universe? That that kind of um, you know, carousel I, organ calliope kind of world. I don't know, um, I don't know why, but it was part of the only a mother sound. Oh yeah, yeah, and so that's where it came from. Interesting that you don't know why, though, eh? It's just, um, just no, I, in there. I, I never got <laughs> lost in a circus, um, <laughs> and it's only recently that I discovered Ray Bradbury's uh, "Something Wicked This Way Comes." Oh yeah, it's a wonderful no, book. Oh, okay, and cool. it's like a traveling uh, carnival. Oh, great. I mean, but uh, no, I didn't have a formative okay. years. We had. We had those crappy um, uh, tra- traveling carnivals. Yeah. But I don't know why the circus sound is part of Maybe is that Spike Jones-ish? I Man, it's funny you mentioned that because in, uh, in another one of your tunes that we're about to hear, what is it? Is it called HB20? Is that, is that the title? Yeah, sorry. That's um, a terrible title. But the reason why it's called that is... Um, HB stands for Hanna Barbera. Uh-huh. So the rhythm track oh, is um oh, Hanna Barbera sound effects. That that okay, that's where it, in my in the back of my mind I kept hearing Spike Jones in that tune. That's great. That's yeah. great. Um so, and yeah, uh cool. so it's been a pure joy working with those two people. So that's um Itoken, cool. yeah. uh Kenji Ito uh is his non stage name, but yeah. um He's from Japan. Uh-huh. Um, and I, oh, you have HB20? Okay, yeah. because I, I gave you two tr- tunes. Yeah, yeah, you did. You did. I've been yeah. blown away by both of them. But that, that was yeah. the one that kind of reminded me of uh, Spike Jones, that vibe, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, it's the um, it's the Hanna-Barbera. Cool. Um, cool. That must be it. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> simple simple brain here. I just think Spike Jones, but you're right. Hanna-Barbera yeah. 20. Okay. But I, I wouldn't yeah. doubt if the if the circus sounds are yeah. i came to them through you know this goes back to who gives you permission but i think spike, spike jones, jones gave eh? me permission and i yeah. i think spike is his music is just it's phenomenal incredible yeah mickey yeah. cats i mean i mean come on what yeah. a group yeah 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 real inspiration isn't it yeah and um well man you, so you've been we're, we're jumping all over the place and that's okay um how have you, so are you, are you working through like your, well, one point I wanted to make about your masters in fine art is 
it's a uh, it's it's coming from a visual aesthetic isn't it or is it um <sighs> i guess i've just had this this theory and it runs through a lot of these interviews that, and y- y- you feel a little bit like you you do fit within this family of if theories. if it helps your if it helps your th- my theory <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well i mean look man look um the nihilist spasm band a lot of them are visual artists i think there's something coming at music from a visual arts i um i think the funny thing something. is yeah, when i was accepted yeah. in the mfa program uh-huh. Um, the, uh, grad instructor that, that convinced me to, yeah. um, be part of it, uh, he mm-hmm. referred to me as a performance artist. Okay. And okay. Interesting. I Interesting. think that's a very small portion of what I do. Um, how do you, how, what do you, how do you, do you even bother? Do you care? How do you, what do you, do you no, I don't, I don't care. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, you yeah, know, right. I, I'm pretty proud of my background in theater so you know i think that the funny thing is the guy that accepted me as a performance artist um he he actually liked to say that performance art was nothing but bad theater that's his quote what a line what a Um, line um so i thought it was odd that it was like does that mean you think i'm a bad theater person (laughs) (laughs) mind the compliment yeah Yeah, but I'll, i'll just take it yeah yeah um, so uh, no, I don't come at it from, I, I, I come at it from still from a sound okay. I- idea, but, okay. um, I do realize that, you know, uh, visuals have been so important to me from the beginning. Yeah. And yeah. then I, um, I usually find that I like the looks of <laughs> Tinker Toys and the motors and the way, you know, once it's all put together, it looks zany in its own way, you know? I loved seeing your brain in that in that documentary when you come across that. I think it's like a toy lawnmower, and and you know, give it to ten different uh, experimenters, and they're going to come up, up with different things. But I think you you were like, I can't remember what you wanted to put in one of the holes that really like struck me as like this is incredible. What, that may have been the automatic paint making machine or something. Right? Ah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. No, it's 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 beautiful stuff it's inspiring i mean what um we we were getting back to that idea that ronaldo and the loaf kind of helped me they gave me permission in a lot of ways i i think you you were you were citing john cage you cited uh spike jones um how did your going to and going back a little bit um yeah yeah. i always thought i was a terrible clarinet player okay when i heard ronaldo and the loaf I thought, no, you don't really have to know how to play that instrument and do chromatic runs. It's got a wonderful tone. It because it, there, there's it, some yeah. really weird clarinet playing in it. Fucking, I I mean, it's, it. it. It's almost like, <laughs> I don't know if he's got the same problem that I have and that we didn't learn properly. So we just have this weird-ass amateur where there's spit flying and, and reeds cracking, this. but it works. I mean, that's literally what I was raised on. I, I kind of thought, I mean, I've heard other clarinetists, but I mean, Brian Poole, for me, I agree with Taylor Shepard's statement that he's my favorite clarinetist. It's just, I love that sound, man. It's like so unique. But you know and, what Taylor uh, uh, introduced to me? Um, oh, geez. Don't, don't blank on this now that you brought it up. 
Uh, oh shit. Oh, you're this is where you're gonna have to edit. Go ahead, go ahead. We will, sure. Um, who cares? Never mind. So how how do we get back to <laughs> Oh you, yeah, you forget the name? No, oh, because I'm gonna forget his name. The the Lee Hayes Lee Hazelwood. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well when he that was a revelation to me. Yeah. That uh yeah, something so cornball yeah. at times could be so heartfelt. You know, like his you his voice. Oh, um, I've, the, I've, he's the best. Yeah. I feel more comfortable in my lower range now oh, okay. because of uh, Lee Hazelwood, whom cool. when Taylor played him, and it was pretty much on a nonstop rotation in Shreveport, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I was convinced it was Johnny Cash. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. But the aesthetic is so trouble. Different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, your music is so beautiful. Like you, there's an ability. We talked about the circus aesthetic coming through, but then you have a piece like um, this, David Wiley. Oh, David Willie. Willie from Willey. Cahoots Volume Two, I guess it is. It's just called 2020. Yeah. Um, it's gorgeous. I, thank you for saying that. I I. Actually, that was the last one that I decided to put in there because I realized, does Richard know that I really try to write beautiful melodies? <laughs> I, I, I try too, but I fail. You, 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 throughout all of your work, and, and listeners, please go to, um, it, what, what is your band camp? Well, we can, we can link it. Uh, it's, it's Frank Paul. Yeah, it's my, just by right? name. Yeah. Last um, name is spelled P-A-H-L. Yeah, most most of the catalog. And Dave Willey is. Yeah. Uh, do you know Hamster Theater? Oh, okay, okay. That's that's him. He's okay, the man cool, behind cool. that. And cool. Little Bang Tabernacle is Little Bang Theory. When we sing, fuck. Incredible. So that's Terry Saris and Doug Shimon, and we oh. we do the film accompaniment. So we've done dozens of silent films. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. I was and um, what the tabernacle was there. That's we cool. don't. Like that's our approach to singing. When we sing, we sing like like we forgot that rock and roll happened. You know, so we do this, you know, uh, I don't know, like yeah. backup singers in a yeah, 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 you know. Like uh now I'm drawing a blank again. Um it's okay, we're not gonna edit any of this, by the way. So you're just gonna come across as like, wow, he really didn't have it together in that latter half of the interview. <laughs> let's um let's break to this beautiful me- melody and this beautiful piece 2020. Thank you. 
That was David Willey on accordion uh, from Cahoots Volume 2 and Frank Paul 2020. When did that come out? Did that come out in 2020? I called it 2020. Um, I sometimes have the date on in the titles as a working way for me Strange. to know when oh, it was done. Okay. So yes, that okay. that's that is entirely a pandemic piece. A pandemic piece. Yeah. How have you been how has your creativity been treated through this pandemic? Um I think I've been kind of fortunate. Um I yeah. um no, I'm very fortunate. Yeah. Um yeah. I had mentioned uh Klimperi and Edokin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um so uh Klimperi has been one of the most um prolific people i know during the pandemic oh, um, wow. he wow. has one release on Bandcamp that's up to about 150 tracks oh god i gotta check this out <laughs> okay um sick, sick. and Amazing. it's called the containment tapes okay um so all of that the i have several hanna barbera tunes where Fuck. i start with the I create a rhythm track made out of tiny little snippets of sound effects from Hanna-Barbera. That's brilliant. Um, That started during the pandemic. And that works so well with... Those are usually set aside for... um, Those two. Ken and Christoph. Though Doug Schumann from Little Bang Theory, um, he and I did a track that... I'll send you. I'll send you a link to the... You uh, you found your family, eh? Like it, it's it's evident to me in like all of these wonderful collaborations, these wonderful universes you. Have I think going. so. And yeah. when you mentioned, um, you know Taylor, uh, yeah. I remember him doing a presentation that I was a part of mm-hmm. when we were in Shreveport, mm-hmm. and uh, we throughout the presentation, there's arts funders that we're supposed to make happy, and I remember we just kept on referring to our each other as weirdos yeah yeah you are so that was our group of weirdos so that's um you know i i embrace that now oh yeah absolutely i'm for what it's worth i'm teaching uh sound art in uh the fall oh yeah and um at university of michigan no at uh ccs in detroit oh yeah my brother-in-law went there oh really that's amazing yeah, uh, the entertainment arts. So it's a bunch of the department is filmmakers and Sick. Um, oh, that's animators. I had so much fun years ago. They don't let me teach it very often. Like, you no? know, it's like you have to teach sound design 30 times and then we'll okay. give you one sound art class. Oh, God. Um, and it looks yeah. like I've got enough to run, but I always cool. feel like these they're, they're student weirdos. Yeah, man. Yeah, I find and my some student- of the best in the country, I bet, right? We're from CCS. Like it's I felt yeah. like I last time I was so fortunate that they were oh, cool. um tinkers and you know, for four four weeks we chop up um we make uh tape loops, film yeah. loops, as yeah. in you know, the physic physical thing, sixteen okay. millimeter and yeah, and uh quarter inch tape and uh oh, we neat. take records and drill holes in them and chop them up and re-put them together so um for four weeks students are really having fun and i bet i bet nothing but fun that's the rules that's why they're trying to that's why they only give it to you like once every few years i guess eh? i i don't well i know that also other uh instructors complain 
because oh, for fuck anyway we well, won't get into that yeah, yeah you know I we understand. don't have a quiet room so uh, i understand oh great yeah, yeah so that, it's like <laughs> yeah it's you all keep it down it's like not in this class i can't not really you, um yeah you missed the point of this yeah, yeah. we're banging things <laughs> <laughs> we're breaking things and rebuilding them right yeah, yeah. exactly yeah yeah what am i I'm, my drill does not have a silence i gotta do that quietly right right <laughs> Oh, you're beautiful. You really are. I, you know, when I when I finished with those folks in uh, in New Orleans, they they sent me a really touching email that just said, "Your family," and and I'll never forget that. And I kind of feel oh great that you That's have a, you have a lot of that as, as well in your work. You know, I really love the um, just find find a way to get it done kind of aesthetic. The way you approach that of just you know buy a house, live in it for as many years as you have, and and create the art that you need to create and. Um, and now you're so you're France, you're Japan, you're just it's in the pandemic. I think it, you, 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 these are relationships that you've fostered through the years that have now found a new way to like a Dropbox file share kind of way to, to get the job done now. And as you know, there's a network and I'm sure um, you're probably well connected in Toronto. I don't. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't. Oh, I, I do know some people in Toronto, but we, we can talk mm-hmm. later about Mm-hmm. <laughs> how yeah. the network goes yeah but um because of because of itoken you know i got on a label in japan oh amazing. um probably because of christoph i'm on a label in france and oh. i've also That's got cool. four releases out with a, do you know david fennick and sure. Tagu? sure yeah. yeah so i've got wow. four releases four releases as an in individual tracks Oh, I mean, and we've never played in the same room. I've got three CDs out with Christoph, and we've never met. Oh my god, so that's totally weird. And someone that Christoph put out a CD with uh, is a woman with beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm recording with Sasha um, infrequently, and it's like because I love, I, I love a female voice. Yeah, and sure. like most people, I cringe at. I cringe at hearing my own voice. Yeah, okay. For most okay. of my material, there's yeah, some things yeah. I can do. Um, but oh, cool, cool, cool. But yeah, no, no, no. Do do what you got to do. I mean, you're. I don't like doing sincerity. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I got a feeling you might not. Yeah, it's hard to get there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll say that that's a difficult place to be. And yeah. it's not really a reflection of whether or not as an individual. Yeah, yeah. It's just like yeah, selling that in a song. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I just said selling. Yeah, <laughs> selling that's sincerity your, doesn't. That's your those, copywriter coming through, eh? From those words years. should not go together. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, man, I could go all day with you here, but I, I I really appreciate your time. What What are some like as we wrap it? I want to we'll we'll go out with a tune, but what are some like? It's called industry tactics, and you said some really like like vital things to understand. Uh, through this one hour that we've spent, but what are some, some parting words of wisdom that you would give to our listeners, especially if they're, they're younger thinking of getting into this creative life, you know? Um, You would ask me a good question, right? When the name that I was trying to remember came back in my head. Okay. It was everything. Okay. Little bang tabernacles sounds like we're the backup singers for Esquivel. That's what we're aiming I'm, I'm for. I'm really glad. I'm really glad that came back. Your listeners probably know Escavel. Big fan of Escavel. Yeah, Escavel's yeah, the greatest. Great, 
great. Um, uh, parting words of wisdom. I don't want to borrow from other, I don't want to borrow other people's wisdom. Mm-hmm. Well, why not? Do you know mm-hmm. Patrick Grant? No. Um, uh, he, he's a Detroiter that uh, lives in New York now. Uh-huh. Um, I, I like this. Oh, sorry. Something just popped up on my, there. I wanted to look at your face. Um, <laughs> That's your um, loss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he said, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Fuck yes. And um, depending upon what you're trying to achieve, yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't want to always be the smartest yeah. person in the room. That's kind of, that's really... I like that. God, that's ignorant. <laughs> yeah. My mom used to say, uh, always play tennis. And the funny thing is, she doesn't even play tennis. So I don't know where the hell she was coming from with this, but I love it. It's always stuck with me. Oh, always fine. play tennis. With people who are better than you, you know, like it's yeah. It if you're sense. if you're learning an instrument, uh, yeah, find the time to close your eyes and play it. Yeah. So I frequently close my eyes and play piano, and I'm not oh good. I'm not like dripping with technique, but yeah, because it's yeah. really hard to hit chords that you wouldn't, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. To just you. go someplace that you wouldn't normally go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't and have a you- whole lot of. Um, words of advice how do you keep it fresh all of these years like what are you working on right now like what what is the what does the week ahead look like for you uh, there, sorry there were 100 questions in there but how do you keep <laughs> it fresh and what are you up to these days um working with different people um, is a way to keep fresh is, yeah, a, is a way cool. to keep fresh yeah um i've been spoiled since i got the studio in well i bought the house in the 40s but the studio has been there since the late seventies, uh, the one in Wyandotte. Okay. Um, since I have my own house with my own studio, I spoil myself with having a way too many instruments. Yeah. So, um, cool. That's one of the, I, I do not write on a euphonium the way I would yeah. write on a piano. I think bar none, the piano is the best composition tunnel tool yeah. for me. Okay. Okay. But I okay. also don't write on a uh, ukulele the way I do for a guitar. Um, so, got it. If you're having a mental block, you're playing the wrong instrument. Oh, nice. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. You're. Um, you know, one thing that came across in that documentary that I thought was really charming was the idea that. I heard that thing from David Lynch a while ago that says like, you need a space to create in. you need it like a, like, like, for example, I think of the New Orleans airlift. I think of that, that beautiful warehouse that Taylor and, and family oh, yeah. get to work in and build things in. Right. But you, I look at this documentary and you're, you go, <laughs> man, I, I got my garage. I'm building shit on top of my, um, my washing machine. You're actually an example of work with what the fuck you got. Yeah, and that hasn't changed one bit. <laughs> so, are you a bit of a hoarder? Like, do you have other piles of uh, interesting, like? Uh, That's it. I don't know. We'll go out on an insult. No, I'm I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hoarder in the best possible. The, the short way. answer like, is you're rich. Yes. You're a rich man, right? Yeah. <laughs> the short answer is yes. I'm a bit of a hoarder. Um, I don't know awesome. how many ukuleles and how many brass instruments. I I don't want to guess. Yeah, but you yeah. need that for your work, man. That's like, 
That's that just feels like part of the trade, doesn't it? It really does help keep it fresh. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I notice you've got your share. Of I've got enough yeah. shit here. Yeah, I've got yeah. enough shit here to to get the job done. And and constantly got my. I mean, I have a. I wish I could show it to you. I've got um a mechanical street organ in my living room. Like it's, I saw it on YouTube. Oh, great! Yeah, that's, that's uh, what part is of what I've been up to. What's yeah. the material? On the All wood. Organ. It's homemade by a tinkerer who doubles me in age. He's a beautiful dude. It's all, yeah. Like it it heat. doesn't look like it's really heavy. Oh, it's heavier than hell. Yeah, oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. A, it's heavy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I have a barrel piano. Do you? Do yeah. you? Amazing. Um, and barrel organ. Awesome. Awesome. Um, we're, we're family. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. And I've had people that that I could have an orchestrion. Yeah, that's that's what this is. Yeah. But yeah. I, I can't find a house big enough. <laughs> well, that, that's it. That's it. I, so, I measured everything and it's like, no, you can't lie this on its back. My um, buddy Hank builds them. He's double my age and he's got a tool shed big enough to house like three of them. That's that how is, I learned that term. Yeah, it, they're beautiful. Yours sounds really beautiful. Oh, thanks. It's, yeah. it's all Hank, man. It's all Hank. I it's, thought that like, was he's amazing. He's a master. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a, um, from the... Uh, mid 1800s i've got a barrel mm-hmm. organ it's called a musical oh. casket oh fuck yeah so and the technology is great than that when you crank it to advance the paper yeah which has you know holes over yeah. um free reads yeah um it's the bottom of it is moving the bellows up and down and oh, right right and i know that yeah. that's they figured that out so long ago but when yeah, I got it, I, I just like I couldn't I couldn't get over how brilliant that move was. That that you know we got to look back as as much as we got to look forward for the great ideas, and they're there with mechanical music, right? Well, yeah, and find different people to you know, especially when you're tinkering. I um, yeah. tinker yeah. with uh, Tim Holmes. Oh and God! Yeah, we built a. Um, he's the sax player in okay. Avenger Quartet. Okay, great, great. Wow, good. So we built Amazing. a one-man band that is that's fashioned after a photograph from the uh, 1800s. Oh yeah, great. And great. Um, we call it the Johnson because it's the creator was Charles Johnson. Okay, but I'm able to. Uh, there's a euphonium that's on a yeah. stand. Yeah. It's attached yeah. to the chair that you're sitting on Amazing. while you're playing it. It has Amazing. to be attached so that when you put your lips up against it, yes. you can press hard enough without it falling over. Got it, got it. And you don't finger the euphonium. Right. You right. play banjo or whatever with your right. hands, right. right? with your two Amazing. hands. And then Amazing. you ha- have pedals that you press down to depress the valves. Got it, got it. And wow. the photo wow. looked like, God, this is weird. They're coming up over the top of the valves yeah, and yeah. pressing down on the different, you know, it's piston piston right. type valves. Right. And uh, Tim's brilliant idea, and I, I'm not, <laughs> I think it's brilliant, uh-huh. was to pull down from the bottom uh-huh. using bicycle cables. There you so go. when you take a bicycle cable and press on it, like, like, there is um, a breaks? cable within the cable that's oh, yeah. pulling down. Right. That exactly. amount that it's pulling is enough to 
to to change to the pull note. the yeah. valve yeah. all the way down. Wow. So there's things like yeah. that that it's like on a tinkering level. Oh yeah. The day that he came up with that, it's like you're that's yeah. genius. We got something here. Yeah. yeah. And I love how it's borrowed from wait a minute, where have I seen this before when I was a kid? Oh yeah, fuck. Brakes on a bicycle, or is that what you mean? You mean the brakes on a bicycle? Yeah, the, right? the brakes, yeah, yeah, exactly. The brakes on a sick. Bike. Sick. <laughs> oh wow, we could we could go all day here, man. We're just, it feels like we're just warming up. Thank you so much for making time, Frank. Okay, um, uh, and we can after we wrap, we'll stick around yeah, a little bit. I'll hit stop. So um here is we're gonna go out with um I think it feels right, HB20, uh Frank's COVID collaboration with is it Itoken? Itoken, yeah. Itoken and Klimperai uh from Japan and France. This is HB20, borrowing from that Spike Jones aesthetic. Thank you. Thanks, Frank. Thanks. just heard HB20 that was Frank Paul with Edokin and Klimperai their latest collaboration go to frankpaul.bandcamp.com and buy all of his music thank you Frank for an incredible conversation and uh, it was really nice to connect with you so we'll see you again soon thank you everybody for tuning in and for all of your support of this podcast with every episode it seems to uh, just you know 
get a little more special to, to me and I hope you. So thank you again and go to FriendlyRich.com to learn all about what I do and what's coming up on my end. Okay, take care everybody. We'll see you soon.